Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by a dear friend and repeat guest, co-founder at Plus This, Plus co-founder at Sixth Division, Brad Martineau. Uh, He helps entrepreneurs build more systematic and efficient businesses so they can make more money, save more time, and enjoy life as they see fit. And I've known Brad for probably going on seven to ten years now. Believe it or not, Brad, I don't know if you know to realize that. Um, But he's always been a true advocate for the small business person, for the entrepreneur, and he's always been someone I admire and look up to. In fact, I quote him frequently in a lot of our interviews. So I'm super excited to have him back here. Brad, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Excited excited to be here. And it's crazy. You mentioned the seven to ten years, and I, I find that in the entrepreneurial space, you meet people and some people you meet and there's like a big experience when you meet and other people are like, man, I feel like I've known him forever. Yeah. And I don't even remember where we met, but somehow we just sort of met and we know each other. And that's, I go back, I'm like, what was it at TNC? No, I don't think, I think it was pre-TNC. I don't no, it, like, was, it, no. was, it was way pre-TNC. It was, bro, I, I had a martial arts school and I was going through Micah Mitchell's like follow the bouncing ball oh, online yeah. computer stuff <laughs> tutorial videos. <laughs> And you hooked me up with a system, like basically a my, like a, a system diagram of how to use like an internal web form, I think it was, to run some actions in my business. And then you kind of sold, I, pay, I pay, you paid you some money. And I don't even know how we got connected through that, but it was somehow through Micah, I think, in the Infusionsoft community. And then you were oh, like, look, awesome. you seem like a pretty smart dude. I typically pay people to build this out for him, but I think you got it from here. And I was like, yeah, I got it from here. And then it was like I saw you at probably InfusionCon or something, you know, and after that it was off to the races. Yep. And then, you know, you launched Sixth Division, like what, probably six years ago now, maybe seven? Uh, yeah, we just we actually just celebrated our sixth birthday, uh, December 6th of last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've sent you a ton of people. I sent you like Dan Fagella and a bunch of other people. And, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so all good. No, man, it's been it's been a long journey. I know I've had my Infusionsoft awesome. app for like nine years now. That's why I'm like, we're somewhere in seven to 10 Somewhere years. in that range. Yep. Somewhere and that's about, <laughs> it's about right. We're going six years, six division. And before that, when I, after I'd left Infusionsoft within a year and a half, so it's somewhere in the probably seven and a half to eight years ago. It's probably about when, when we came, when we crossed paths. So. Yeah. You know, what's been really cool is to grow with that community and also to see like who's still around, like who are turning into the old trees of the forest. You know what I mean? Like, cause <laughs> yep. there's, there's been a lot of names and faces that have come through, but not everyone's hung out to stay. So it's kind of cool to see how everyone's yep. kind of grown and prospered. So um, oh, yes. So, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit, just because I think it's really relevant to what we're here, like what you do even with Plus This and Sixth Division. But marketing automation is a really sexy kind of buzzword topic, but you and I have been in the game and you've been in the game longer than I have. 
you know, for a long time, how do you feel like it's evolved over the ages? Like talking about that, like early days of Infusionsoft to like, you know, when you first launched Six Division to now, has it been the same song the whole way through? Have there been different phases, do you feel? And then what's the state today? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, I think the, I think the biggest thing to recognize, especially for entrepreneurs, right? So th this idea of marketing automation is not anything new in the world. Um, it's just new. I mean, as of when Infusionsoft launched, let's say 10 years ago, whatever, uh, they just, they created it for entrepreneurs. Now here's the deal. Nobody knew what it was, meaning Infusionsoft didn't even know what it was when they were creating it. They sort of created this thing and some people asked for some stuff and they created it and all of a sudden they had this tool that was starting to help people get tremendous results if if the business owner could wrap their head around it. Mm -hmm. And then you got a, you got entrepreneurs coming in that are using this tool. They don't necessarily know what it is. And and, um, and <laughs> I was there at Infusionsoft for six years, seven years, and we didn't really know. Like there was this, this never-ending uh, attempt to try and define what it was. And, and in that, and this is true of any business, right? When you're trying to define mm -hmm. what it is that you do, especially if it's something new, there's a definition of what you want to call it based on what it actually does. Mm -hmm. And then there's the definition of what you have to call it in order to get people to turn their head and pay attention. Right. And, um, and they settled into marketing automation largely because there were larger businesses that had already sort of branded that. But I mean, I remember they were, they were trying to call it like CRM 2.0 back when they had, uh, Pat Sullivan on the board. There was a realm of that. They started calling it e-marketing. It was email marketing 2.0. I mean, it was when when you go back and look at the historical evolution of it, and now it's like the all-in-one marketing and sales system, or right, or whatever, <laughs> or whatever, whatever they're calling it. Um, so, so there's been this this never-ending attempt to put a label on it. Um, yep. And and when I when I left Infusionsoft back in 2004, um, and it was it was interesting because literally last week, I mean, not like four days ago. It's probably like it's probably well, it's just Thursday today. So last Thursday. Um, I was doing another podcast and I happened to pull up and I was looking for a file and I found, uh, from 2011, I found the document that I wrote when I was brainstorming what I wanted my business to be. And this was even pre six division. And that business basically <laughs> turned into six division. It was like, what's the vision for this? What's the purpose? What am I doing? And what I wrote down, um, which is still true today is I want to demystify what it takes for an entrepreneur to be successful with marketing automation. And I said, you know, Infusionsoft, but really Infusionsoft was simply a software tool that represented this strategy that was being called marketing automation. Right. Um, and so, so what I've seen is there's been this evolution to try and put a label on it that uh, somehow is going to have everybody magically just understand what it is. I, I don't. I actually don't know if that will ever be achieved or will be possible. It's kind of one of those. I think at some point it'll become so common and so household that people just know what it is. Right. Um, what I found though, as I went into it, like my my entire purpose was. I don't really care about how, how we spin it. I don't really care how we talk about it. What I want to know is what does it actually take hmm. for like, like, what does it really take for a real person running a real business, living a real life to actually like take a real strategy and implement marketing automation in their business to get real results. So right. like, I don't forget all the marketing, forget all the spinning, forget all the selling. I just want to know what it really takes. And, um, and for me, the very first thing that I recognized is that the term marketing automation does, um, so the label of marketing automation does a tremendous disservice to what the idea or the strategy of marketing automation actually is for entrepreneurs. Mm. And the prim primary pitfalls of that are um, when people hear marketing automation, this is what they think. Um, one, they, th they think about sending emails automatically. So they think email autoresponders. Um, right. Two, they think about uh, complicated technology. Uh -huh. um, three, 
they like they, they ignore so what happens is they think of all the marketing activities and then they think that automation is like oh i'm just i'm completely getting rid of human beings so i want this thing to be automated and i'm automating just my marketing things and marketing tends to do with getting new leads and and maybe turning those leads into prospects or something but that's all they think about it then there's it's always wrapped in this um it's always always wrapped up in this uh this package of and it's just going to be really hard and really complicated because there's, you know, there's technology and the technology's hard and people called Infusionsoft, Confusionsoft, and then Entreport came out and said that they were simpler. And if anybody's ever been in Entreport and hasn't created <laughs> a negative attitude of Infusionsoft, they realize that it's really different. It's not, any, it's just different. It's not any better. You look at ClickFunnels, who's making a big play that they're simpler. It's like, no, you're just, di you're just different. They're like, yeah. it's a complicated concept. Yeah. Um, and so the software is complicated. But what happens is, you know, you get in less there's a lot of businesses that could benefit from the idea, from the strategy of marketing automation, if they knew what it really was, that don't even start because they're afraid of, of the perceived complicated technology. Right. And because they don't see how the automated emails that are in marketing are going to make a difference in their business. And so they kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. And mm -hmm. so for me, um, for me, I've been beating the same drum. If you ever heard any of my presentations, anytime I start, it's like, hey, we're going to talk about marketing automation. And I've got slides that I've used, I don't know how many times in presentations, like, let me tell you why I hate the phrase marketing automation. It's two reasons, the word marketing and the word automation. <laughs> because what it does is it only, like, it literally, it, it acts as blinders that narrow your scope of what is possible in your business to email autoresponders with a bunch of, of, of complicated technology. And what that does is it has you see about five to 10% of what's actually possible mm. with the strategy. And then you go talk to anybody. If you go talk to any of your friends and you say, hey, you're doing this marketing automation thing, or how much of it are you using? They'll be like, oh, I'm using five to 10% of the software. Right. Like, yeah, because people come in with this label that only has them see 5%, five to 10% of the possibility. So, so I've been, I've been here at Six Division, what we've really been beating on consistently is what does it actually take and what is it, what, what is it really? Um, and so there, there's a balance and the, the real, I feel like the real uh, struggle or the real battle to have small business and entrepreneurship actually be changed by this idea of marketing automation is in getting people to see what it really is mm -hmm. and how it applies to them at the different levels of business that they're at. So, so what is, what really, what is marketing automation really? So marketing automation for me is it's about the systematic acquisition of clients and then making them happy. When I say systematic, what I mean, it literally like, so this is not going to sound like, Oh my gosh, my mind was blown. It's like, no, this is just what it is. In every business, you have advertising activities that you go do. Some people call them marketing activities. It's the Facebook ads that you do. It's going out to events and you're sponsoring. It's speaking at events. It's cold calling, whatever. It's I'm going to go find people. Out of those advertising and marketing activities, you're going to produce uh, some leads in some cases. Those mm -hmm. leads have to be educated and turned into somebody who, who is worthwhile to put into some sort of a sales experience. Mm -hmm. At that point, you have prospects. Prospects are people that are engaging in some sort of a sales experience. Could be a webinar could be a, a free event in your office or a low cost event in your office, could be an online sales funnel that goes to a VSL, could be a sales conversation with your sales team, but it's a sales experience where the outcome of that is that the person's gonna buy. Once the person buys, uh, the other side of business is you've gotta go deliver and ideally you do it in a way that makes them super happy. So that for me, I call it the client journey. Uh, the client journey starts at the first point that you put some mm -hmm. hint of marketing and advertising in front of them and it finishes when you've delivered to them and ideally they love you and they want to shout your praises from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. So that exists in every business. Marketing automation is the idea that we want to make that systematic. Right. We want to be as efficient as possible. So here's the key in that. The key is that it's not about marketing. It's right. about the entire client journey and 
it's not just about automation. Like what I found is some of the businesses that have the greatest return and result from implementing quote unquote marketing automation is uh, are the businesses that are leveraging it so that the human to human interaction that has to happen in their business is magnified tenfold or a hundredfold. Right. It's not about it's not about automation. It's about the system. It's about the process, and it's about leveraging the system and the process to create an experience that would have more of your people convert into clients, and then allow you to deliver more value. So there, there's two elements where, like, if you have marketing automation, like on a spectrum, uh, marketing is only one one component of the business. And when I when I talk about marketing automation, it's like, no, it's the whole business. Mm -hmm. It's from literally from mm -hmm. marketing to mm -hmm. lead to prospect to client, and then automation is the other spectrum. And it's not just about automation. It's about process and systems that are specifically designed and engineered to create experiences that actually provide real value for your clients. So you expand horizontally and you also expand vertically. If anybody can see my imaginary chart that I'm drawing in the air right here, <laughs> but it expands and marketing automation literally ends up being just one component of that. And it's right. about five to 10% of what's possible and technology like software, like an infusion software, an entreporter or whatever you know, their, their motives and not, I don't, there's, I don't believe anybody in any of those organizations is malicious or, or evil in their motives, but their motives are to put people on the software. Right. Um, when I look at them, I'm like, look, if I'm being totally honest up until probably $250,000 in revenue, you don't need software hmm. to use marketing automation. You fundamentally don't. And for sure, if you're below a hundred thousand dollars in software, I mean, hundred thousand dollars in revenue, unless like what I'm not talking about are the people that are like, look, I've built businesses up and I'm just starting over again. And I'm just going to do like, like I already have the muscle and the skill set to handle this. But for a lot of the business owners, the entrepreneurs that are, that are making, you know, they're doing 80, 90, hundred thousand dollars in revenue. They're getting their business off the ground. The principles of systematic client acquisition um, don't require software. They don't require any complicated. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. they don't require like automation software. There's just way simpler, but there are there still are core principles you can take out of marketing automation to really move your business forward. And then, right. as you grow and scale, there's a point where you know you start to get in that two hundred fifty to three hundred thousand dollar range, and you know this, you built the business. As you start to get into that range, mm -hmm. and now it's like, okay, well, I can't juggle everything myself. And now all of a sudden, this this thing that we're calling marketing automation shifts from just being like a tool that I'm using in my business as like a process to I got to have somebody actually caring for this. Mm -hmm. Like somebody, there's a function now. Maybe it's me, maybe it's somebody else, but if I'm going to continue to grow my business, now I want to start to leverage some software to make that easier so I can bring other people in and have them continue to follow the same process so I can actually grow and scale my business. And then as you get up into the, you know, $500,000, $600,000 businesses, seven fifty dollars to a million, then it becomes even more critical because that's how you, that gives you a massive scale advantage in your ability to grow your company. Right. And so to bring this back, and it's kind of cliche, but I, I to help bring this back and, and scale it down for people, if you're really new at this, it's the concept of working on your business, not in it, which sounds really cliche. But what we're talking about is there's a difference between businesses where there's the owner that's running around and doing everything, right? Like, again, I always quote you from this. I told you even before I hit record. <laughs> I love when you said in our first interview, which people definitely want to check out if they haven't, this is our second interview with Brad here. And his first interview, he gave me this great quote I use all the time that when you look up entrepreneur in the dictionary, what it doesn't say is the person who answers the phone, cleans the toilet, you know, mops the floor, delivers the product. Like, it's not the one person that does runs the whole show. It says a person who organizes a business or businesses. So what Brad's saying here is that marketing automation is kind of a misnomer and an attempt to, in one word, encompass 
having systems, processes, checklists, a standard process you follow to guarantee the same result every step of the way, which ideally is the best result you're capable of. What that means is like if you give us if you're singing on stage or if you are an athlete, if you have a certain warm-up process you go through as a singer or as a speaker or as an athlete or in any way, shape, or form, you know, that helps you. So when you go on that stage and you have to perform, you are at your best, you know, uh, that's kind of the concept of having a checklist for what you do. You don't want your pilot getting into the plane and just kind of winging it. You want them to have a checklist. All right, we check this, we check this, we got enough fuel. This is right. This is right. This is right. And then they take off. And then the experience is more likely to maintain that quality control. And that's what we're talking about here is planning the whole customer journey, as Brad called it, from when they first hear about you and what you do to when they first come check out your website to when they just kind of test the waters because it is a dating process. Everyone's looking for people that are like, you know, everyone and a lot of people, I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of large majority, and I've been guilty of it as well, the people in business, they're looking for the customers that are kind of like the one night stands that are ready to go now. Right, but that's not how, where all the business is. That's not how you're going to grow a long-term, like scalable, sustainable business. You can't really survive off that. You have to have like be part of someone's life and journey and process. And so that's going to come from like in a dating scenario, just meeting someone, getting to know them a bit better, building the relationship through having some meaningful milestones achieved in the relationship and something that expands over time. You talk to a restaurant owner, they, they, they're the ones that tell you like, my business depends on regulars. But how many restaurants have a system for turning someone who comes the first time into someone who's a repeat repeat customer? Yeah, yeah. and yeah, so yes. And um, and and the other, the other critical component of this is recognizing that all of that applies completely differently at the different phases of business. So like, for mm. example, um, if I'm talking to a business owner that's doing less than $100,000 in revenue, what I would say is, look, let me let me tell you what the most important thing for you is. It's called a revenue. It's called clients. And so when I look <laughs> at marketing automation, I'm not going to go worry about, like, I'm not going to listen to all of the big name gurus that are talking about how I had to go create a lead magnet. No, you're doing less than $100,000 in revenue. If you can't, so uh, if you can't go find the person who is a hot prospect mm -hmm. and get them to respond to you then I would question whether you actually even have a business period, right? So there's like this element right. of that zero to 100,000. You don't need to go create lead magnets. We don't need to go create this uh, intricate process of how you're going to fulfill. What we're trying to do is we're trying to get to the point where we can generate consistent revenue. Um, and so, so what I would be focusing on is how are you selling and how are you finding? So here's an example that illustrates this because what I don't want is I don't want people to hear this. And um, what tends to happen if you talk about people that understand marketing automation is uh, we tend to end up describing what it's like if you're like a 750,000 to a million dollar business hmm. where you've got this whole thing mapped out from end to end. And that's where we want to get eventually. But when you start, like we're having a conversation um, with uh, a guy who basically is just getting started. I think he's got some revenue and he's talking about how he needed to get this trailer produced for his business, like a little a video right, right, on, right, his, yeah. on his, his logo is going to turn things around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got to get this trailer produced. And so this is all the reasons why he couldn't start sending traffic or, or this is what he wanted to do first. And we're, and, um, we're like, well, I have a question. Do you have any traffic yet? And he said, no. And, and the, what we said is like, well, here, I have an idea. Then you don't need, well, first off, you don't need to shoot the video. Um, what you ought to do is run Facebook ads, to your freaking cell phone number. Yeah. And I don't actually know if that's, I don't know if that's actually possible, but the point is <laughs> if I run, like if I have this thing, that I'm going to solve, right? Businesses, I have, there's a problem in the market. I've created a product or service to solve that problem. And then the next step in business, I got to produce sales, period. Absolutely. So if there is a problem in the market and I can't run an ad to the, to that market to get them with my messaging, to respond, like to get yep. the hottest prospect 
to respond by just picking up the phone and calling me, at least one of them. What am I going to do? Like, how am I going to go create a lead magnet that talks about some vague, you know, and I, if no one, you don't know what lead magnet is. It's the idea of like a, a free report or a free video series. How am I going to go create one of those that's going to magically convert the person over and eventually have that exact same conversation? If I don't, like, again, every market, there are people that will just buy. And if you're doing less than $100,000 in revenue, I'm actually going after those people. And everything that I want to systematize and I want to put a process around and I want to get my messaging dialed in around is what's my core selling mechanism. So we have a principle. We always say start close to the cash. And yeah. the first place you start is you start on the selling side. And we want that systematized. And at some point, you'll put software in to make the whole thing automated or whatever. But to start, um, I, had a, I was just at a, a mastermind this week and talking to a guy and he's just getting his business started. And. Um, and he's talking about how he's having these sales conversations. And I just walked in like, here's what I would do. What I would do is I would say, one, I would never just call somebody up and have a conversation off the fly. I'd always be setting up a sales conversation because what I want to do is I want to create a window within which, and this does not require software at all. This is just, this is marketing automation for the sub $100,000 business. I want to create a window within which I can prepare that person so that I can have a really valuable conversation to help solve help them with the problem that they're having. And so I would mm -hmm. send them a video that says, hey, we're going to meet next week and I'm really excited because here's what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do a little bit of education. I'm going to introduce myself and I'm going to tee up to them that at the end of that call, we're going to have a conversation about them hiring me. Mm -hmm. So that when I get on the call, I don't do the song and dance that almost every entrepreneur does, which is I'm stumbling through my words. I'm trying to get you to like me. I'm trying to describe this. And then at the end, I go through this awkward transition of, oh crap, well now I've got to somehow turn this into, I'm going to ask them for money and I'm afraid to. Mm -hmm. And so marketing mm -hmm. automation at the $100,000 level is, What's your primary sales mechanism? Let's get that thing dialed in. And then let's, and then just, and then stop. Like we don't need to monitor it. We don't need to like, look at, if you're less than hundred thousand dollars, you know what reports you look at? None. Like it's a, it's a sticky note that says how many clients <laughs> did I sign up this month and how much money do I have? That's it. I don't need to look at any other reports, but, but they, but everybody like those businesses are looking to the gurus and they're getting distracted by all the fancy stuff that will come eventually, but does not apply right now. So like right. at that level, Super easy. And then if you go beyond the hundred, I would say it's between a hundred to three hundred. If I'm talking to those people, we're probably starting to look at how do I take those the checklist idea, the the system, the process of now what do I do when they become a client? I want to lock that down. And then maybe I'll start looking at getting into some free training videos or free reports or whatever that will all feed into my primary sales process. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I want to grow my business beyond two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars. And I and I know that means I'm gonna to have to bring somebody else in. And I want to have the process to find that somebody else can come in and actually run it. So I can hire a sales rep and they know what the process is. I can hire someone to go deliver and fulfill whatever I'm selling. And there's a process to follow so that I have a predictable experience. And at about, I would say, you know, it depends on the business. So it varies a little bit. But I would say somewhere in that, like I said, $250,000 to $300,000 range is probably where um, it actually starts to make sense to look at like a core CRM that might help you better run and execute this idea of marketing automation. Before that, you're just going to look at some simple tools that handle some specific solutions, mm -hmm. but it's not this, it hasn't turned into this thing that somebody has to then go monitor and keep updated yet. That didn't really mm -hmm. happen until about the $300,000 mark. So anyway, that, that little tangent and kind of soapbox or, or, you know, soapbox rant is more, I want to make sure that anyone that's listening that isn't at that $300 million mark doesn't get discouraged or further confused by what marketing automation actually looks like for them. Because if I start, let me put it this way. 
So I've built six division. We're, we're seven multi seven figure agency three years in a row. Software companies on a, a multi seven figure run rate right now. We did we we broke our seven figure mark this year. So like, awesome. and I've worked with I've worked with, and none of that's so that people think I'm cool. It's more just like I've learned a couple of things. Right. I've also I've also had a chance to sit with and interact with and interview and talk with and understand what people are doing that works and doesn't work with. Like you name somebody, and I probably hung out with them. And it's not because I'm cool. It's just because we do a lot of marketing around people. But I'm right. but I like I've observed what successful people do and at least clues. If I were starting all over with a brand new business, um, I would, I could run my entire business uh, with, you know, I probably need like a, like some sort of website landing page tool to capture leads. So maybe there's like a lead pages or something like that, or a click funnels, like a simple version and an Excel spreadsheet. And I would be using marketing automation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it would, and it would totally change my business. And I know I'd be successful and I know exactly where I'd start to introduce additional pieces of software and they would get more, complex over time, but complex is not a problem. That just means it does more. Mm-hmm. There's nothing bad about complex. So anyway, that no, I'm then we're good. Cause again, I, again, I love just at the beginning, we, I just interviewed Micah and, uh, you know, he was banging the same drum just in terms of, and I, it's such an important thing is that it's easy to masquerade. It's easy to have busyness masquerade as productivity. And until you've got like a steady flow of leads and sales coming into your business, you don't really have a business. You're in feast and famine mode. And there's people that exist for 10, 20 something years, never getting past that. They're constantly in feast and famine. They, it's like they go hunt the buffalo and then they're busy cutting up the buffalo, but it's rotting and they're eating it as they're cutting it up. And then it's gone and they got to go hunt the buffalo again. And it's they're constantly in this back and forth method where what you're really trying to do is you're trying to just establish a steady flow. Like now it's so wonderful. I got food poisoning a few days ago. And what I was so grateful for was that we had grocery stores and all sorts of this stuff, like just done and prepared. Cause I remember looking outside and there's like, I'm in the Philippines and there's a bunch of stray dogs in the area. And I was like, if I was a stray animal and I got food poisoning, like any of my food supplies would be gone in two days. And I'm right. like, you know, I was TKO'd, you know, like I couldn't do anything. Like I realized that often, depending on how sick you got, like diarrhea and vomiting and not being able to function for a few days could mean death. Like you may <laughs> not eat for two days. And then when you feel like you're capable of eating food, you may not have any or have the strength to catch kill and you know and cook and prepare like that whole gambit of things just doesn't happen thank goodness we have a some system set up where there's just a steady flow of food that's just easily prepared like we don't have the struggles that animals have in the animal kingdom and i I hope people see the parallel that i'm drawing here where in your business that's what you're trying to get to is like where where you get the people you have to help in your business where like where are these people going to come from if you're going to have a business that's going to feed your family for five years it's like where's the pond that you're going to go fishing to every day to get fish like where and if you can't find that then that is the biggest problem in your business and nothing else really matters until you solve that and yes and if i can continue to beat that drum and beat it even louder is the idea that software so marketing automation is not software right and there is no piece of software that will solve what you just described there right. is no piece of software. The analogy I, I pull in a lot is um, I feel like marketing automation, this idea of marketing automation is sort of like um, it's sort of like a calculator, at least how most people understand it. Uh, if you think about it, a calculator is really, 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 really valuable. It helps me do math, math calculations a lot faster. And do you know why it's valuable? Because you understand math. <laughs> because if I take a calculator to somebody that doesn't fundamentally understand math, that tool is useless and complicated. Right. So, right. so the software, like, and, and, and there's this, especially now, I feel like 
there's there's a there's a new software tool every day. I mean, it's probably about every seven minutes. There's a new software tool that's going <laughs> to solve all your problems. There's a new this. There's a new that. And the reality is that software always follows and is designed to implement a strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand the strategy, then the software tool will never, ever yeah. be able to do anything for you. And so there are a lot of people like, oh well, I'm going to go just buy this tool that's going to solve. It's like, no, that's not the that's not the point. Yeah. What you've got to understand is you've got to understand the strategy of like what that's that's why the drum that we beat is what really is marketing automation and when and where and how does it apply to you at your business at different levels. Because with that armed with that knowledge, you can go be smart about what tools you actually go get to execute the strategy but for example if i'm in third grade guess what i don't need a graphing calculator yep yeah, right i need like yeah. a basic one that has like the to 10 numbers on it and a plus a minus a multiply and divide and i could argue that at kindergarten i just need one that we could remove all of them except for plus and minus or whatever yeah. you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. so so the element of this is is recognizing that that like as an entrepreneur if you're looking at this game of all right i want to get more clients systematically and marketing automation looks cool know that marketing automation is a couple of things that have been in the market has talked about things that have been tied together it's talked about like it's the strategy and it's a tool and just separate them in your mind yeah and separate them to you know what's the strategy and what do i need right now am i at the point where all i need is addition have right. i added have i got to the point where i need addition and subtraction yeah am i at the point where i need a graphing calculator and your tool set will grow as your business, like the tool should never be more complicated than your business is. Mm. So as your business evolves and gets more complicated, that's it. But like you were saying, um, the goal is like, I don't need software to have a business that has a healthy flow of prospects coming in. Right. Right. Uh, if right. that was, if that was the case, there would have been no businesses built prior to the computer. Yeah. Like, yeah. There would have been none. Yep. And they had, like, and that was their marketing automation was, was used then. Um, it just wasn't called that because the idea of automation hadn't really come into play. So right. anyway, I, yes, a hundred percent. I, the hashtag true story to everything that you just said. <laughs> All good. And the other thing I want to, I want to emphasize and make sure people got out of this was you were saying like, you told this guy that, you know, to put a Facebook ad direct to his phone. And what I loved about that is because, you know, that's, that's really where the magic is. And it's a simple concept to get, but it's not an easy thing to do. If it was easier, more people would be successful. And that's to understand that you are paying to acquire customers, whether you do SEO, whether you've built your business on partnerships, whether it's joint ventures or strategic alliances. If you're a subcontractor and you get all your clients from one or two people, then you have like, you have an affiliate or joint venture based business. And that's your source of traffic and customers. And one of the things that's most liberating for businesses is the ability to just write checks to get an audience in front of your ideal prospect. And that's what really separates like a nationwide or international business from a small mom and pop store is that ability. A franchise is essentially what we've described. A franchise is essentially a bunch of checklists and an operation manual and some training programs for how to run a fulfillment office, like a warehouse that packages stuff and puts it in a box. Or if it's McDonald's, it's how to take the box of burgers and throw them in the fryer and slap buns together, you know, like how to do this in the way that it needs to be done. And then what the franchise headquarters becomes is this marketing headquarters where they test the marketing. And when it works, they peel and stick everyone's name and phone number off on the flyers and they send it out to everybody. You know what I mean? And everybody implements the thing that works. And that's kind of where it comes down to where, and everyone's pitching in to pay, to, to afford these budgets to pay, do paid advertising because that's where the power is. That's where you're going to go get new customers. And to do that, you need to know what your sales process is. You need to know what are the buy buttons. You need to not be afraid of having the sales conversations. You need to have a process, like again, a checklist, a system, a, a customer journey, a client journey that takes them from business or two through and the you know it's trial by fire in a lot of ways but it's 
paid advertising yeah. is one of the most liberating ways to do it. It's expensive. It's it's almost like hiring a sales rep. You wouldn't expect your sales rep to go out and make sales their first day on the job. And you can't expect the same of a paid advertising campaign. And whether it's Facebook or Google or it's offline or whatever, that's totally up to you and your budget and your preference. And ideally, where your customers are because you can advertise on Facebook all day, every day. But if your customers are like, you know, if in your industry, if your customers are over 60, they may not be on Facebook, you know? And so you got to go where the customers are. So I just wanted to mention that because you talked about how this guy's suggestion, you were like, put up some ads and get some clients on the phone and talk to them. And I just like, it's just, it's just so straightforward. It's not, Oh, I'm going to do SEO for 12 months and try to rank for these keywords or, you know, all this other stuff that's product that's yeah, we're not, masquerading for, for productivity sorry go again ahead. yeah no i was gonna say totally again the 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 summary like if i were to summarize it all and kind of distill it back down then i got one other thing to add that you that that, that what it. you said sparked in my mind um the summary is just be clear where you are in your business and i'm mm. going to use the calculator analogy again because seo strategy over 12 months could work really well it's probably not going to be where you start when you're less than a hundred thousand dollars in revenue Mm-hmm. Or when you're less than three hundred thousand dollars in revenue, like you've got to, like, like you got to earn the right. So um, to go to the calculator now, just like, just look at your business, and um, and here's this is my belief after having built this company, six division, having built plus this, and interact with all the clients. My belief is if you're sub hundred thousand dollars in revenue, it is all about creating. Um, a systematic sales experience. And that's mm-hmm. going to allude to this next thing, but it's all about how you're selling, um, and you're going to do a lot of hustle. Getting leads and everything, get finding people to talk to is a lot of hustling, but it's all about the selling. Uh, once you break the hundred thousand dollar mark and you've got some consistency in revenue, um, then it's going to be about the systemization of how you fulfill, and then how you uh, the systemization of how you fill your sales conversations. So I'm expanding out a little bit, um, and that's designed because you're going to start to have other people involved in the business. Beyond three hundred thousand is really where you're going to start to probably play way heavier in in like a paid advertising strategy, like you're going to have essentially what happens at that point now is, um, your, you've got like, like this process that you take people through to become a client. Now there now is a function in your business that has to manage and oversee that. Not unlike you have built a garden and now it's the point where you actually need a gardener to care for it. And Mm -hmm. that probably doesn't happen until about $300,000 in revenue. And then as it starts to grow up, um, there will be a time where it's like, hey, I can't be the gardener anymore. I need to hire somebody or I've got a team. And that usually is about the $750,000 mark. So um, that's basically how it rolls out. And the other other thing that hit for me is you've got to have this client journey defined. But um, what what, what you'll ultimately end up finding, and this is only true of every business that I've ever worked with or talked to, is you go through this process of, oh, I need to have a process. And the process just says what's supposed to happen. Um, and when we're talking marketing automation, we're talking specific to the processes mm-hmm. that you have in place to get clients and deliver for them. So like in my mind, when I talk marketing automation, uh, you use the analogy of, you know, the the McDonald's or whatever. It's like, hey, here's how to package. There, there's internal ops. That for me doesn't fit into marketing automation, although the, the principle of systems and process applies as much when you get into ops as it does in marketing mm-hmm. automation. So the point, though, this is what I'm getting to. Know where you are. Know where you are. Um, as your business is growing and give yourself, literally write yourself a permission slip to ignore the strategies that just fundamentally don't fit for you mm-hmm. because you're just getting started. So we mentioned Traffic and Conversion Summit. I don't know how many people go there and they go there longing to be, I believe, they go there longing to be able to implement the complicated and convoluted strategies that the million dollar businesses are presenting that got them to a million dollars. Right. Um, and what, what I would argue is they're not actually teaching you what they did to get to a million dollars. They're teaching you what they're doing because they're a million dollar company and you're doing $100,000. And if they were doing $100,000, they would not do what they're teaching you to do. But everybody's mm-hmm. there longing 
to like implement this strategy. So know where you are, number one, write yourself a permission slip to say, you know what? I am not gonna go to the strategy where they talk about how they're running 18 funnels for 14 different product lines and this really cool <laughs> messaging they have when I have one and it's a service. Mm -hmm. I'm just not gonna go there. It doesn't apply to me. I'm not gonna go get a graphing calculator. I just need math. I just need, I just need addition. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Next thing is, is when you know where you are, um, what you'll find is the process is actually the least important part and what's actually the most important part of the equation is your ability to know what the customer's problem is and talk about it and help mm -hmm. them see the solution. So it's actually what you say in the emails and it's what you say in the videos and it has a lot less to do. Um, there's no magic like checklist that's gonna solve your business. Mm -hmm. It's how you take the checklist and apply it to your business and it's what, so if the checklist says, um, like going back to the example of the buddy I was talking to just the other day, if the checklist says, um, send them to a page where they have to schedule a consultation, brand and name what that consultation is, send them this email um, that says these things, have them watch this video, have them show up on a call, and on the call do this first, then this, then this. That process is not where the value is. Mm -hmm. The value is in how you take that process, it's in what you say when you frame up the consultation, it's in what you say when they watch the video before they get on a call with you, it's in how you position what you're selling to get them to buy. So there's actually, within this, strategy of marketing automation there are two critical components one is the steps that you take somebody through mm -hmm. but but more important than that is your ability to actually communicate and understand the problem that you're solving and help your client be able to see and you you alluded to that when you're like don't be afraid of having the sales conversation like that's the part mm -hmm. software and technology and process doesn't absolve you from the fact that you still have to convince somebody that your offering will make their life better if they invest in it and then mm -hmm. get them to take take a step so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, 100%. And that's where for a lot of people, they're like, oh, but I don't want to be salesy. Well, do you, do you believe in what you do? Like, you know, if I believe that, uh, you know, uh, I'm just going to take something simple, but if I believe I've got medicine that will secure someone's pain, I'm just going to say, stop being a baby and buy the damn medicine. Like, look, this is what the bottle costs and you're suffering and look how much it's costing you to suffer. You can't work. You can't get out of bed. You can't do this. Just pay the 50 bucks and get your life back. Like, yeah. And I, yeah. Go ahead. I went, I had, so I went through this. So yes, hundred percent. And I, I have, I've grown up in the entrepreneurial space being less about selling and more about like, and that's what I mentioned when I said, we started mm -hmm. like, I just want to figure out how to make this thing work. What does it really take for a real person to really get results with marketing automation? And I kind of on the back burner, I was like, yeah, and I, I mean, I'll sell cause we've got to be in business, but I really don't like this idea of selling. And recently, I mean, probably in the last month or so, what what has really been solidified for me, and it's a new lens that I'm that I'm wearing, is I have not earned the right to benefit from my business or to actually change anybody else's life until not only I have figured out something that will solve their their problem, but I've shifted it to I haven't earned the right to actually enjoy my business and enjoy the benefits of my business until I have also earned how to I've also learned how to talk to somebody to get them to buy. Mm. And I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs that. They, they rest their laurels on the fact that they have something that's really good, but that's not, that's called the cost of admission. That, like, and I don't even know that that's the cost of admission. No, but it's, so, it's a base mark. Like you can't be selling shoddy products. Like having something quality is, is just the bar. Like you, that's, you must be this tall to get on this ride. Like you have to sell right. something quality, especially in today's transparent world. Yeah. And I know what I would say is I think I'm raising for me, I'm raising that bar to um, the cost of admission actually isn't that you are just this tall. Um, or not that it's just at all, but it's not just that you have a good product. It's that you have a good product that you know how to sell. Yeah. And like, and if I could, anybody who's like, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur based on my experience. Cause I spent, I mean, I've been doing this for 
what, 15 or 16 years now, maybe longer. And I would say I spent 15 or 16 of those years thinking that I was justified, almost like I was a martyr because I had this amazing thing to offer. Like I know that you put me down with any business. I actually don't care how big they are. I know that what we've created here at Six Division, I know that I can make their life run easier. And I stopped right there and I kind of, I had kind of created to a certain extent um, a little bit of like, I'm a martyr, like, oh man, why can't more people just see this? They should just, they could just use this and I could change their life. And what I'm realizing is the cost of admission to be an entrepreneur, to be a business owner, to go actually make a dent in the universe with a business is actually not just that you have a good product, it's that you know how to sell a good product. If you want to just have a good product, then go get hired on as somebody who fulfills a good product for a company that knows how to sell it. But if you want to play the game of entrepreneurship, then you can't you can't set your sights just on creating something that's valuable. You have to embrace that it's creating something that's valuable, that's freaking amazing, that will actually change people's lives. And you shoulder and embrace and like take on the mantle of and um, if I'm going to play this game, then I'm also signing up to be able to figure out how to have other people see that this will change their life and actually come invest money. Mm, mm, mm. And for some people, that doesn't mean you have to be pushy. doesn't mean you have to be bossy. doesn't mean no. you, have to, you have to force things on people. It means you have to be willing to have difficult conversations because when people are in pain, I mean, that's people pay. So Gary Bensavenga, one of the greatest living copywriters, you know, or, or so he said, he's, he's touted to be, is uh, one of the things I got from him was problems are mar markets, not demographics. And so when you get clear on the problem that you're solving for people, when people have a problem, sometimes they're shy, they're embarrassed, they're afraid to address it. That's where this pushiness around salespeople can kind of come from is because you have to be empathetic with the person. Like there's something going on. And it's not always the case. You know, it depends on who your prospect is. If you're selling vacations, then that's more of a fun thing, right? But if you're selling dental work, no one's like, my teeth feel great, yeah. right? Like, so it just depends on what, like, what are you providing for people? And, you know, and that's where people, like you could be the world's greatest chef, but if people just left an all-you-can-eat buffet and you put their food in front of them, they don't have a problem. Like as much as they love it, they'll be like, can I take it home? Cause I, you know, like, I'm full, you know, like they just don't want yeah. it. They just can't. And that's where you have to get comfortable with sitting with someone in that, in that fire, whatever fire that your product like puts out for them, you have to be able to step into that fire with them and they might not be pleasant people in that moment. And that's where that, that pole, that ickiness around sales comes from. Because if you're selling something like life insurance, you know, now you got to talk to people about all the tragedies that can happen in their life or deal with people that are going through a tragedy right now to be like, you know, Hey, do you want to be prepared for the next time that this might happen when it's more serious? And that's, that's yeah. a difficult and conversation to have. There is no principle in the universe that dictates that in order for you to be an effective salesperson, and, and even if it's even if you're selling through like an online funnel, there's no principle in the universe that says, no, definitively, this is just the way it is in the universe. In order for you to figure out how to sell stuff to people, you've got to be a prick. Right. No, not at no, all. Yeah. There, no, there are salespeople who are pricks, and those are the ones that people are like, oh, I don't want to be like that person. I have an idea for you. Right. If you don't want to be like that person, don't be like that person. This is not a hard <laughs> This is not hard. Just don't be that person, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, I met one salesperson or I met 10 salespeople and they were all total dorks in this boiler room principle or approach. I don't want to do that. So now I'm going to, I'm going to now die a martyr on the hill of, but I have this thing that's really valuable and the world's not fair to me because nobody will buy it. And I don't want to, I don't want to become that person to sell it. You don't have to become that person to sell it, but you mm -hmm. can't like the bar of success for you has to be, if you're going to be in entrepreneurship, that the game is figuring out not only how to solve the problem, but how to have somebody see that you can help them with the problem. You mm -hmm. have like, 
for me, shifting that, uh, like what, what my expectation is around what the minimum amount that's going to be required for me to be successful and to make an impact, it has to shift from, in my opinion, uh, it doesn't have to shift. It's just way more valuable if it does. It's way more valuable if it shifts from, no, I have a really valuable service. Like I've got, I have, I do life insurance and I have a way that I do life insurance that I believe is tremendously valuable. And the way I'm going to bring it to people is going to be tremendously valuable and it's going to change their life. That's not good enough. What's good enough is, and I'm excited about the challenge of figuring out how to get people out of their own way. I, I was in a, um, you're familiar with Joe Polish, Genius mm -hmm. Network, I mean, right? Mm -hmm. So I was there and I, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Um, and if he listens to this, then he's going to make fun of me because we're really good friends. My, my mind literally went blank. Anyway, he got up and he said, here's what sales is. Sales is the ability to paint a future that the other person can't see. Mm. It's the, and so like you're signing up for that. Like I, I, like for me, and I spent a long time like, look, I know how to make marketing automation work. And I was, I was making myself a martyr on the hill of, man, people, they, they want to talk about this stuff. And I don't want to talk about that because that's I see that as cheesy and as lame. Like, you know what? If I actually want to do this, then what I'm signing up for is I'm signing up for figuring out like this is part of the challenge is not just the challenge is not just how do I make marketing automation easy. Um, the challenge is how do I make marketing automation easy and how do I figure out how to take what where people are looking for and help them understand that this is the way to do it and then get them to go invest so that their life will actually be better. So it's just it's a raising of the bar. And, and I, I come across so many entrepreneurs who are, they're, they're just, they're making themselves a martyr on the mm -hmm. hill of how good their service is and it's just not fair. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you just, you just fundamentally misunderstood the game of business. And I don't say that in a judging way because I did it for 16 years. Like, I mean, I've got a lot, if I look <laughs> back on my personal, like, and I'm not, that's not an exaggeration. If I look back on my personal, like, struggle and turmoil, like, oh man, this is just hard running a business. Like all that that every entrepreneur goes through, a large percentage of it comes from the fact that I was shirking, I was shying away from taking on the mantle of, Look, part of business is you just got to figure out how to enter the mind of somebody based on the problems that they're seeing. Because like when I talk to people in marketing automation, and when anybody talks to their prospects, there's a block. They can't see the future. They can't mm -hmm. see that the future will actually change their lives in a way that they want. And sales, marketing, sales, whatever, all it is, is it's getting them to see that and have confidence in it and know that it will work. And then the other half of the equation, now that you've figured out how to get them to see it, the other half of the equation is that you actually have something good enough to actually make that become a reality. But those are the two right. elements, the two elements in the equation. And a lot of times entrepreneurs just focus on, oh, I'm going to build a better mousetrap. So right. that's not the goal. The goal is to build a better mousetrap and be able to help people that have old crappy mousetraps see and understand how that new mousetrap that is better will make their life better and that it actually will. Right, right. Keywords being that they have confidence in it and they yes. believe. Yeah, confidence and belief. You have to transfer the emotions of confidence and belief to them in this new product because they've tried other things before and it hasn't worked out or they spent money and they were burned and they're afraid of doing it again. And that's, again, where you have to have the empathy. And that's what it's yeah. about because the business is about solving needs for other people. I mean, that's that's what it is. And that's where I think, like you say, when these business owners become martyrs, it's it's they're very – it's. They're ego driven, right? And it's not, we're all, we all have egos. So it's not like any of us are better than the others, <laughs> okay. um, you know, but it's ego driven about how good you are, but your business isn't about you. You know, that's a whole Zig Ziglar thing. Like you can have anything you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want, but you yeah, have and, to, yeah, go. Yeah, no, yes. And in the, and in order to help people get what they want, you have to actually have a thing that will provide the value and 
you have to get them to actually consume it. So if your business, if you are convinced that you've got this most amazing product or service and you're not selling enough of it, then you haven't actually done enough for your business to be successful. You haven't yeah. cracked the second half of the equation, which is how to get people to actually see it. And then there's a whole yeah. bunch of strategy in there. But but the balance of that is when you can when you set those two up, it just like one business is way more exciting and way more fulfilling. Mm-hmm. because there's nothing more fulfilling. And I, I'm sure you could rattle off tons of experience with this. There's nothing more fulfilling <laughs> than finding somebody who is not sure, who's questioning, who's doubting, being with them, sitting with them in empathy, sitting, understanding what's going on for them, helping them see a vision of what the future is. That's the first half of the equation, getting them to take the next step, then delivering something that actually fulfills on the promise that you just sold them and have it actually change their life and have them come back. I would rather have those people then I would rather than I would have the people that come in and are just like, yeah, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take all of them, but the ones that like when I go home at night and the ones that give me the emotional, like, Oh, I just freaking love what I do. It's it, I get more of that from the people that doubt at first. And I work, you work with them and you get them to come over. And I'm not saying you try and save everyone, but like, that's where you get a lot of that, that emotional, yeah. like, yeah, I just love what I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then you also have to understand that without challenge, life would have no flavor. You know, and that's part that's part of it as well. And that's where I, a lot of people might be frustrated. But I think the biggest thing is, like what Brad was saying in the beginning, is to get those initial sales going, to do the hustle so you can, you know, my buddy Dan and I, we call it roof and ramen. Like get your roof covered and get your food like ramen, if whether, whatever <laughs> that basic thing is for you. If it's hot water or noodles, then that's fine. If you can live off that, whatever. But get that covered so you're not in that scarcity mindset. And then from there you know, and start, just enjoy the journey. And and the other part is kind of be about whatever your business is about, you know, and you can buy and sell multiple businesses, but you got to find something that you, you know, that you are about because you know, you're going to spend more time at work than doing anything else. And you have to find something greater than just paying the bills. You know, otherwise you, you should just reserve yourself to some sort of task-based job that you can do that you enjoy. You can clock in, clock out, and then go enjoy your, jo- your life elsewhere. Because if you're going to be an entrepreneur, it, like it's, 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 it, the boundaries aren't yeah. easy. Like the whole work-life balance thing, the, the lines bleed all the time and you can do the best <laughs> you can to structure it and, you know, and that's fine, but you really have to, you know, you you become like about a cause and a mission. Um, yeah. And, I, and a great, a great way for people to come up with that. Cause I don't know that, I don't know that most entrepreneurs um, either have that identified or know what it is. And a great way to do that is to say, okay, give me your spiel about what you do for people. Describe it all. I want to know what products you sell and all that. And when you're done then you say, cool, after you've done all of that, what is the, like, what are you really up to? Like, what are you really, really creating for people? Like, why are you really doing this? And it takes some time and discovery to play that game. But for me, like we are on a mission to help people master this concept of marketing automation to grow their businesses so they can have more freedom in their life. But really what it's about for me, if I get, so I wipe all that away. And um, after all that said and done, what I want to do is I want to inspire entrepreneurs to be leaders. I want to inspire them to show up differently with their family. I want to inspire them to show up differently with their team. Mm. I want to inspire them to show up differently in their community and specifically with their team so that their team, because when you have an entrepreneur that shows up as a real leader who is genuine in their care and their love for the people that they're working with on their team, it will change their team mm. and their team will go home and it will change their team's family and their team's family will go interact with their people. And there's this cascading ripple effect. So like, yeah, do I help people with automation? Yes. Do I help them plan stuff? Yes. Do I help them implement landing pages and email sequences and Infusionsoft and Entreport? Yes. And at the end of it, in all of that, what I'm really up to is like, I'm only selling that because that's that's because the market is created by a problem, like you said. Mm-hmm. And the real thing that I'm delivering like with it is, and there's this idea of leadership. There's more. 
Like there's more to what's going on than just the thing that you're, you're solving. So in a business, when you can identify what that is, it's the, at the end of the day, when you say all the stuff that you do, what are you really up to? Mm -hmm. And when you can define that, I a hundred percent agree. When you can find that, that's when one, that's when entrepreneurship is probably worth it all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Otherwise you can probably just go find a task-based job that will actually produce, you know, similar incomes. But that's, that's when, that's when it gets really exciting. Yeah. 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 And that's, and then that's where people get into it sometimes for the wrong reason. They want to make a ton of money so they get into it, but there's lots of really high paying jobs out there. You know, right. there's, there's a lot of them where someone will pay you and you can clock in, clock out, go home, have your weekend, get your two weeks per, you know, and just enjoy your life and just don't spend more than 70% of what you make and, you know, and, and right. be smart and you can, just, you can live really well like that, yeah. you know? Um, even, I mean, even if you got into it cause you wanted to make a ton of money, cool. What I'm telling you is there's more yeah. And this would be like me going, this is, this is me for anyone that's listening, doing what I'm really up to, which is that's cool. You have a thing that you sell and you might say the reason why I got into this market is because I could make money. Great. I love it. And what I'm telling you is there's more. There's more mm -hmm. of a reason why you got into that market than just making money. And mm -hmm. even if you can't find it, you can create a reason that that uh, you can attach to and that everyone on your right. team can, can attach to and why you're still there. You may yep. have got there, but why are you still there? Because you could just as soon leave tomorrow. There's just there's just more to be had. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's way better than no matter, it doesn't matter how much money gets deposited in your bank account. It's the thing that ultimately you can take with you. It's the thing that you're going to remember when you're, um, you know, as you're getting older, like it's, it's all the stuff that actually matters. Right. Right. So, so well said. So well said. This has been a great action packed call. I, I highly recommend people listening to this, maybe listen to it a second or third time because there's some really good fundamental nuggets. And the beautiful thing about fundamentals is that they transcend from my martial arts background. We always, one of the things that I figured out that was most important was this concept of virtue, of virtue. And virtue, uh, I first heard it defined by Greg Glassman, the founder of CrossFit, but what I really love, it's about doing the common uncommonly well. And when I was training martial arts, one of the things that stood out to me was I would see black belts at the world-class championships, you know, using fundamental newbie tactics you'd be learning your first month, but they would do it so well, the other black belts they were against would see it coming and couldn't stop it from happening. And that's where the fundamentals are so important because they work at all levels and it's easy to get distracted by this shiny new tool. Oh, everyone's on social. You got to be on social media because that's where it is. And there might be some early adopters that do make a big wave of money, but the principles of fundamentals, I mean, there are things that will be around for the long, you know, for time, for to stay human relationships, connections, these systems, there's companies that have these sales processes. Like we talked about these kind of standardized, systemized step-by-step -step sales process that have been working with very little uh, change for over 10 years. You know, it's a valuable, it's not an easy task perhaps to figure out, but it is a worthy cause to figure out and focus on the principles, the fundamentals first, and then you can worry about the other stuff, you know, yes. then you can get fancy, but, uh, you know, depending on the phase that you're at, it just, again, and it, no, even if you've got a business, if you've been listening to this call and you're doing over 3 million years, it might be helpful to go back to basics. That may be what's stopping you from reaching the next plateau is now you're so big, you're thinking about fancy stuff and really you've forgotten some really basic fundamental things that are, are, you know, that have pulled out legs out from under your table. And yep. so there's just, you know, it's, again, you got to love the grind. Perseverance is all, what is it? Uh, one of my favorite quotes about mastery is do it until it becomes dull and then do it until it becomes beautiful again. And I think that that's a really important <laughs> thing for the fundamentals. Do the fundamentals till they're dull and then, and then keep hammering at them till it's, there's beauty in it. And I think that that's, it might not be sexy, but it's, it's the real path to success. So Brad, yeah. is there and anything? Then, oh, go ahead. I got, yes, one more thing. One more quote. This will be like 30 seconds. I one Do more it. quote to leave. Um, that this is one of our internal mantras. Um, and it's right on the, this whole line of uh, 
simplicity and the fundamentals and like what comes to mind for me is I think of like the Patriots, I think of the Spurs, like I go to like sports teams that are just perennially good mm-hmm. and they just do the fundamentals. And so what we preach all day, every day with every one of our clients is start simple, get fancy later, dot, 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 if necessary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. start simple, yeah. get fancy later. Maybe, maybe yeah. you'll get fancy. And the reality is, is I know a lot of people that have done six, seven and eight figures and they never had to get fancy to do it. Yep. Yeah. It's just, it's super simple. Love it. Brad, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Um, uh, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. I think we've covered the, the gamut. I mean, there are, look, there are topics that I would love to get into and I love to talk with people that, um, that appreciate life. And, you know, I, you get into, we, we had talked about this before the recording, we get into like parenting and raising kids and serving people. <laughs> so there are all kinds of routes that we could go down, but as it relates to this idea of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, uh, moving their businesses forward and, and just like just getting clients doing it systematically where the clients get more value and you get more value because it takes less of your time and less of your energy. I mean, I, I think we hit on the core components of like know which calculator you need. If we just mm-hmm. do a quick summary, it's know which calculator you need, number one, and don't try and get the calculator you don't need yet. And then number two, um, keep it simple. You can get fancy later and know that what you're really trying to do is you have to you have to step up to the plate of it's my job to create something that will actually get them results. And it's my job to get them to see and believe that the thing will get them results. And mm-hmm. I have two jobs. I don't just have one. And so I think, I think you focus in that. Um, and if you guys want, I mean, anybody wants to learn more than go to our, our website, just six division.com. It's S I X T H division.com. And we've got resources around that really for wherever you are um, in the journey to, to help you with that. But that is like, I, I, like, I love that we're summarizing it with start simple, get fancy later. So we talked about a bunch of stuff. What it all boils down to is, um, start with the simple thing. And if you're debating about whether you should do something, another question I always ask myself is what if I just didn't do this? Mm. Like, what if I just didn't, if I didn't do this, would it actually impact my ability <laughs> to get towards my goal? Right. And, and that has become literally, it's one of my top three questions that I ask myself, uh, but maybe for a future episode, we'll talk about those questions. But one of the top three questions is what if I just didn't do this? What if I just didn't go there? What if I just didn't try and create this? Would it actually like, what sort of impact would it actually have? So that's a great way to stay on the simple path of like, what if I just didn't? Yeah, so yeah, keep, yeah. keep it simple. Own the fact that you've got to sell and you've got to be able to deliver. Otherwise you don't have a business. Um, and then just know what calculator you need and go and start with that one. And don't feel like you're behind because you're not using a graphing calculator when all you're doing is learning addition and subtraction. It's totally fine. That's where everybody started. Yep. Yeah. So well said. So once again, Brad Martineau, this is our second interview. You may want to go back and check out the first or check out his website, 6sixthdivision.com. Uh, obviously, as you heard, he knows what he's talking about. I can vouch for him. I've known the guy for almost, what, like a decade now, and he's just nope. a solid guy through and through, family man, just a, an upstanding citizen. I'm sure he's got skeletons in his closet and isn't perfect just like me, but he's definitely someone <laughs> I would like, want to do business with. So, sixdivision.com. Brad, thank you so much. It has been an honor and a pleasure to grow with you over these years, and I'm just grateful to still be on this journey with you. Yeah, you are welcome, and thank you for having me. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give to them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. 
It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.